Hello, this is the Down to the Wire podcast, where we look at the latest news and predictions of the football and basketball world, and more, coming your way. I'm Finn Pamphlis. And I'm Alex Freak-Freaks. And we're just, we're, we, we love sports, so we're just going to, we're going to kick it off with, men, with men's basketball. Um... So, who are your current March Madness favorites? I gotta be honest. I really like Kansas. I like Kansas. Kansas today had a, had a little bit of a tight moment against Texas Tech, sixty-two. I mean, sixty-six, sixty-two win. They're a good team. They got it done. They got it done, and that's the important thing. Azubuki is. A beast. I mean, he he had a dunk today. It looked like he was going to pull a shack by pulling down the rim. I mean, it he's he's got power, and he uh, leads the he leads the NCAA in uh, field goal percentage with um, seventy five point one percent. So he's very good. Um, and but he does struggle at the free throw line. That's his only kind of issue. Free throws are big. Yeah, and free throws are big in the tournament. So that's the one thing that scares me is that teams will specifically try and get after Ezebuki and foul. So if he doesn't pick that up, um, I could see Kate Kansas getting out of the tournament a little bit earlier than they hoped. But I do. I they they are rightfully the favorites because they are they they are just a dominant team. I mean they've got they've got wins over. Um, uh, Dayton, uh, who uh, wasn't ranked at that point. I mean, Dayton's number three. Day- yeah, Dayton's number three. They've got a rank. A lot of a few of these wins I'm about to say they they weren't ranked at the time. Um, BYU, who's now ranked. Uh, they got a win. West Virginia. Uh, uh, Baylor, who was a the time number one. They they've got a good. They've got. The resume to show. Yeah, I think that Kansas is a major favorite. I agree with you. Because I think the other top five teams that you look at, right, the other teams that are in the top five, you know, they're not in power five conferences, right? You look at the fact that you have Gonzaga, you have Dayton, and you have San Diego State at two, three, and five. These teams, right, Gonzaga gets there every year. They get there every single year. Do they ever do anything? No, they do absolutely nothing. The one year that they got there, they lost, right? The one year that they got to the final, they didn't win. So every time that, you know, they're number two, they're number three, they're number one, we always look at them and we're like, oh, my God, you're you, so good. You, you and should, then they yeah. get to the tournament and they just, they don't, they don't finish, right? Gonzaga, you just look to the fact that, you know, they're, 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 right? And, and they're not even going out of their way to schedule quality non-conference games, right? They're playing against, like, they're, they're playing against, like... San Francisco. Like, what are you doing? Oh, right? yeah. They played, you know, they played Oregon, okay? that That's a good one. They did beat Oregon. But then the next time, the next game they played, they lost by 20 to Michigan. Yeah. I, Michigan's barely ranked right now. Yeah. Right? Michigan's so, good, but not... I mean, Michigan's yeah. good, but they're 10-9 and nine in conference. I feel like... They're not, they're not insane. Uh, uh, yeah. I think that, you know... They beat Arizona. That's a good win. But other than that, you know, they're playing Santa Clara every other week. It's like yeah. They're not. They're not. No. They're not. And, and the one game that 
I feel like really like if if I'm putting Gonzaga, you know, if I if in my bracket I'm putting them up to the final four, the one game that scares me about them is BYU. They lost ninety one to seventy eight. Or seventy-eight to nine. And BYU is like you know BYU is fifteenth right now. Yeah. In the nation, they're going to be probably a five or six seed. Yeah. Tournament, so you know they'll hit them. Yeah. And, and and BYU BYU. If BYU can just win their games and maybe pull off one upset. They'll be there. They'll be right there. Yeah. So it's all just about you know it, it's all just about playing good in the tournament. I think that Dayton and San Diego State, in my opinion, are sort of pretenders. I'll focus on San Diego State here, but, you know, they, they they played Boise State last night in the first round of the Mountain West, West Tournament, right? And they're down 16 in the first half, 16 points yeah. to Boise State, right? And it's like, okay, they came back, they won by, what, 12, 13 points, right? That's fine if you can do that, but against a Baylor, against a Kansas, against, you know, Top tier teams. About, I'll talk about like Kentucky or Florida State later, but against these teams, getting down sixteen, you'll lose by three. Oh, absolutely. It's just it's dumb. Absolutely. Um, and they've also they 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 do have good wins, but I mean, like I yeah I agree with you. They're complete pretenders. Um, I'd like to look at a uh, Baylor for a moment, because uh, I think Baylor is one of those teams that. They they, they they really start start off strong and then they've stumbled. They will have lost three out of their last five. Um they lost today, um, the seventh of March to West Virginia. It's they're a team that I feel like if is probably the prime is, is like a team that I could see getting upset in the first two rounds. They were <laughs> went into Kansas. They won. They have some great wins. Um, you know, they're they're good. The problem is, I think that when you look at their stats, right, I think that, you know, they're not deep at all. No. They average, they, Jared Butler, their guard, like their top scorer, gives them fit, that gives them 16 a game. Then they got Makayo Teague, who gives them 14 a game. Yeah. No one else averages double figures. Yeah, that's not good. It's just, it just shows that if, you know, one of the, one of those two players doesn't have a great night. Right? Yeah, doesn't have a good game. Maybe score six points. They're gonna lose, and they'll lose to a Stanford. They'll lose to a lower team. They'll lose to a bubble team. They'll yeah, lose to UCLA because they're not able to keep up. Right? Yeah, because other teams have deeper range of scoring, whereas these teams don't. I want to focus on Florida State, who is one of my you know top teams. I think that Florida State can make a deep run. Florida State is just good overall. They got Devin Vassell, who averages. 12.9 points per game, right? But they've got all these other players, and th- they've got all these other players, and they're scoring 75 points per game when their top player averages 13 points. Yeah, no, that's so that shows that incredible. That getting scoring from all of these different guys, right? Yeah. And that's just huge, right? Because if one of them doesn't step up, the other one will, right? They can get scoring from a lot of places. And also, if you look at their losses, their losses are good. Good losses. They also swept Louisville. Yeah, they Louisville. swept a good, very good Louisville team, and their losses, their losses are good. They've they've lost to UVA. They lost to a very strong Duke team. They they got upset by Clemson, but Clemson's trying to make a late run uh, here late in the season. Clemson's interesting. 
they've they've been good teams, but I I don't think that they. No, they're just they they remind me of Stanford a little bit. Is that they can they they have a good team. They've they they've beat they've kind of come out of nowhere and beaten teams that they might maybe not shouldn't have. But then the games that they're supposed to win, they don't. They just don't. Yeah. Um, you can look to the fact that Stanford, you know, they played at home. They beat yeah. Colorado. It was a big game. And they won. They're in bracketology. Then next week, all you got to do is go into Oregon State. The team's 5-11 and 11 in conference. Yeah. And get a good win. They get, they've they gotten they swept by Oregon State. They got swept by Oregon State, right? So it just shows you that consistency is big. Yeah. Right? Because you need to have good performances every single night in March Madness. Yeah. If you give a bad performance one night and the other team gives a good performance, you could be ousted in the first round. Yeah. And that's specifically that's specifically just it's really key in my opinion. I think that you need to have sort of you need to have good performances every Yeah. Time. And I feel like if you want to talk about consistency, you can you should talk about the Big Ten. The Big Ten has a the lot Big of good Ten teams. Has great teams. They got Maryland, they got Ohio State, they got Iowa, they got Illinois, right? They got Michigan, Wisconsin. Yeah, they got Wisconsin, it, it, Penn State. For, yeah, who just tied for? Um, they got three teams that just tied for the regular season championship. Yeah, they like got, they got, they got quality teams. And, and it's not like they're they're all beating up on one team. They've all beaten each other. Is the thing. You 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 look at you know a team like Illinois. Uh, say they they've lost to. Um, wait, no, nah, I just clicked on Virginia. Never. <laughs> uh, yeah. Excuse me. Um, I think that, you know, I think that uh, Illinois is good. Yeah, you look at Illinois, so they've lost to Maryland. They've beaten Wisconsin. They've lost to Michigan. They've beaten Michigan. I mean, Michigan State. They, but they beat Michigan. Um, they, they, they beat Michigan twice. Um, they've beaten Penn State. And they've had... I feel like Illinois is a great example of these teams are just beating e- each other. It's kind of all around. You never know any game got, who's going to win. They've got a good conference there. You you got you had Wisconsin earlier almost lose to Indiana. A, a good and so. I think that the Big Ten is much different than the Pac-12, in which, right, like has been said, they're all beating each other. They're all good teams. The Pac-12 is probably the weakest Power Five conference right now. Yeah. Right. They got Oregon and then no other team ranked. Yeah. Right. They're the top team in the Pac-12. Is not Oregon. It's not Colorado. It's not Arizona. It's UCLA. Yeah. Who is just not? They're just not a good team. They're. they I'll just be frank with you. They're not a team that will do anything in the tournament. No. Right. No. And they're going to get a bye in the first round. Then they're going to play the worst possible team in the second round of the Pac-12 tournament. They're going to go deep. They're going to look good because of it. And then you know they'll get in as a 11 or 12 seed, and they'll lose by 30 in the first round. Yeah. So, right, it just shows that different conferences, you know, who you play matters. Yeah. I think that, I think that you know, sort of... From Florida Gonzaga to... Florida too. State and Maryland yeah. getting very battle-tested. Yeah. It's really good. My pick is Florida State. What's your pick? Uh, I'm going to pick a surprise here. It's going to be Kentucky. They're, they're a very young team. They only have three uh, upperclassmen on their team. Only one senior. And they've had a lot. They've had a, a lot of good wins. They 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 beat Michigan State. They beat uh they beat Louisville by eight. They beat um a very good uh or, or a team that that's definitely 
been up and around. I mean, a Florida team. It's a young team. They haven't been as battle-tested as some of the other teams. But I think knowing Coach K's teams, I mean, I'm not Coach K's, um, Coach Calipari's teams, um, they're very good teams, even when they're very young. So his teams always get, you know, they always, they always struggle early in the season. Yeah. Like last year, um, you know, they came out and they got killed by Duke in the first game. This year they lost to Evansville, right? Yeah. It shows you that early they're just not, they're not a great team, but as the season progresses, they kind of find themselves and play well. They, they had a quality win over a Texas Tech team that was 18 at the time and that, I think that's a big one. I think that Duke can also make a run. Oh, of course. I think there's a lot of good teams. My point is that I don't think San Diego State, Dayton, Gonzaga, or Gonzaga will do much. No, I think that I think I think one State. of those teams might get to the six, Sweet Sixteen. I think. Yeah, I know it sounds kind of irrational, crazy. That's what you think. Yeah. So we're gonna move on now to the NBA, more professional side of basketball. We'll look towards who the MVP should be. Finn, who's your MVP? Giannis. Not not a doubt in my mind. Giannis deserves it. You, you, he's he dominates. He he absolutely dominates when he comes into the paint. Other players just move out of the way. He just powers. He powers through them like it, like it. It, it, it another team could put up a wall. He'd still get through. He's dominant. He averages twenty nine points a game. He 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 leads. The, the box in points per game, assists per game, field goal percentage, and then on defense end, he, he, he gets the most rebounds. I think the key thing about Zion, I mean, not Zion, about Giannis is that, um, is that um, he plays on both sides of the ball, right? If you look at the who is projected to win MVP, right? You got like Giannis, then LeBron, then James Harden, then Anthony Davis, then Luka Doncic. Right, a lot of those players are mostly offensive. Yeah. Right, James Harden, Luka Doncic, they play mostly offense. But Giannis is able to do it on both sides of the floor. Harden may may be non-existent on the. I don't think I've ever seen him on the defensive end. Right. I mean, when you think of Harden, you think of step back threes. Yeah. In no way do you think of defense. When you think of Luka, you think of you know just great offense. You don't think of that. And Luka isn't terrible at defense. He's definitely got to pick it up. But yeah, he Giannis has got all the qualities of. A great player, and there's, there's, it's that people have been saying him or LeBron. I see the point for LeBron. He's doing. He, he's, I mean, he's, 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 he, he, he's, you know, he's the top of the league, and he's been, he's what, thirty four. Like he, he, he's an old dude now for the NBA, and he's, and the fact that he, he's even be, being considered for an M, for for an MVP is just crazy. And so I can see why people would, you know, say, hey, this guy's doing it at. 34 or whatever. But, I mean, you look at the most valuable player, you look at the best player, it's Giannis. Yeah, I just think that he's too good for other people to compete with. Yeah. I think that, you know, there's good players. Luka Doncic, great story. You know, Mavericks are, they weren't great last year. No. Right? They were very good. But this year, they've sort of rebounded. They've got good players. Luka's sort of leading them on. With, you know, a lot of people were wondering before coming into this year, you know, because Luca had this great season last year in his rookie year. Would he take a step back? He is not. He's, he's taken a step forward. 
He's been he's been fantastic. Yeah, I think that you know they're thirty nine and twenty five. Yeah, they're fourteen games over. They're playing well. Yeah, and I think that another good player is Jimmy Butler. Oh, for sure. Who's also just made the Heat extremely better. Oh, the Heat were sure. not a good team to watch last year, but now with Jimmy Butler, they've got Bam Adebayo, they've got Kendrick Nunn. Everything has sort of fallen into place. Yeah, and Jimmy Butler is leading them. To a great record, right? He may not have the most points in the league, but he's so valuable to this team. And he doesn't look unhappy. Is the thing. It's like you, you saw when he played back in, uh, when he played with the Timberwolves. He, well, he wasn't very happy. He clearly didn't like being this. He didn't, he clearly didn't being, be like being, not being the star man in Philadelphia. And now he's got his own team. He's got his team. He's, he's got players around him that are, that you know, make a big shot. yeah. That he 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 isn't the only one that he he wants to win. He wants to he wants to get the ball, and he's getting those opportunities. But he's all but he's also got other great players around him. Yeah, and I think that's sort of key. It, you know, one thing I want to touch on before we move on is that sort of what we define MVP has changed significantly. Yeah. MVP means most valuable player, but sort of right now it's being deemed the best player. Yeah. And, you know, you can make a case that, say, Damian Lillard is yeah. the most valuable player. Because when he goes out... They struggle. The Blazers can't score. McCollum's good. He cannot he's, He cannot take that team to where yeah, Damian can. The Blazers can. literally don't know how to score the ball when Damian Lillard's out Yeah. There, right? And when you can't score, no That's, matter how good defense you play... You you're, play. you're eventually going to break down on defense, and you're the other two, and, and, you, and if you can't yeah. score, I mean... It, the best offense is the best defense. So I think that, you know, Giannis still deserves it. Yeah. He's he's a great player. I mean, he has just single-handedly made that team better. But you look at it, sometimes he goes out, and they still play well. Yeah, they, they're still incredible. If he was out in the first round series against, um, you know, against uh, Orlando or, 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 or Brooklyn, they would still probably sweep or win in five. Yeah. Right? So I just think that, you know, if, 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 you know, Lillard was out in the first round and they were an eight seed playing the Lakers, oh. they would lose every single game. They might as well throw on the white, they might, they might as well throw on the flag. Yeah. So I just think the definition is changing. Yeah. All right. So let's move on. Um, before we move to baseball, uh, we'll talk one more thing, NBA related. Uh, we'll talk about Steph. Steph has just yeah. come back for the Warriors. How should they use him, Vince? I think they should use them sparingly. I don't think I don't think I think you want I don't think you want to give him it. I think you want to give him a minute so he you know by the time it comes to next year he's he hasn't been away from the game for about eight, for tw- eight, eight months. I do think you should play him, but I think you should play him sparingly. I don't think you should give him the entire game. I don't think you should because what well, what do the Warriors have to play for? The only thing they have to play for is to lose to get a top pick. And even even that you know, other teams might say you know. You bring Steph back, more fans come to the game. The thing is with the Warriors, they have 100% attendance every single game. They'll be losing by 40, and they still have great attendance. Yeah. Right? They don't even need to play for pride because three out of the last five years, they have won. Right? Yeah. So it just shows that, you know, they got a great fan base, um, and Steph is, you know, is is not the only thing that's bringing fans in. Yeah. In my opinion, much different than Finn. I think that... They should play Steph about half the game. Um, you know, we saw him against the Raptors, 24 to 28 minutes. Um, 
And why? They, they need to get him back in the condition of games, right? This man has not played a game in four months. He just, he hasn't. He needs to get back in the rhythm of sort of coming in, making a big shot, running back on defense. He needs to get in that rhythm, right? It's probably, you know, the back of his head right now. Um, he's probably already, he probably already knows how to do it, but I think just giving him some extra practice can help. What do the Warriors have to play for? The Warriors sort of just have to play for, there's not much they have to play for. They just gotta, you know, they, and it's good. They just get to come out every night and win or lose, no matter what. Fine. Yeah, it's all right. about next year. It's all about next year. They're gonna get the number one pick. They're gonna get James Wiseman. Um, they and, better. And you know, if they, you know, unless the lottery screws. Them yeah. Over, but, like um, the Knicks. They're gonna get James Wiseman. They can put Eric Pascal in there. He's been a great rookie oh, this year. Oh, Pascal's been fantastic. Um, and uh, yeah. It's been good for them. So, you know, this season has sort of been a blessing in disguise. They yeah. won. They're 14 and 50. But they are... Um, 14 and 49. Year. Yeah, they're both very yeah very excited about next year. When Clay Thompson, um, Steph, and hopefully Wiseman will be will be out on the court, plus Pascal. Um, I also think, and this is just kind of crossing the fingers type thing, is Giannis doesn't want to go back to Milwaukee in that. Because I think we've got a big bargaining chip and we've got a championship here. If you come, we're going to be the most dominant team in the NBA. And maybe even the history of the NBA. We are Warriors fans. Just so <laughs> you think? Referring to it as me, but, um, yeah. Uh, no, Finn, be quiet. I don't think Giannis is coming, but I do think that... Fingers um, crossed. I do think that they'll be good next year. They'll definitely be a playoff team as long as they can stay healthy. You know, I was at that game six with the Clay Thompson injury, and it was just horrific, right? He falls, he tries to come back on the court and shoot the free throws, and he can't, and he's out, and they lose. Yeah. It was just, it was not a good ending to the season. So yeah. They're all hungry to sort of wake up, do what they've done in the past, and get back to winning. I agree. Um, I also think that even if, like, say we don't get Wiseman, all we need is Steph and Clay. And we'll be a playoff team at yeah, the very least. Look at the fact that, you know, as been said, all you need is Steph and Clay. You know, they played the Raptors then, and they, they lost by, what, eight points? They would have lost that game by 35 if they didn't have Steph. Yeah. I think just bringing in Steph is able to make everyone more open. I, I remember... The threat of Steph is just, it's so great that everyone else is able to get open shots. At the beginning of this year, people had us projected to be you know, an 8 seed. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe be close to not making the playoffs. But I, th- I thought we'd be an 8 seed. Steph went out and all those hopes were gone. Yeah, so, and so with Clay, you've got you've got who knows how much more how you know. Maybe maybe we're 6 seed. Maybe, maybe we're like a 4 or 3 seed maybe. So yeah, I think that you know the Lakers will still be there next year. The Clippers will still be there next year. The Nuggets will still be there next year. Oh yeah. But after that you can make the case that the Warriors could be a four seed. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? I think that um, I don't think Harden and Westbrook are gonna work for them. I think that you know currently we look at it and uh, we see that you know right now the you know Utah is your number four, Houston's your number five, OKC is your six, right? Utah does not have a defined star. No, they have Donovan Mitchell, sure. Where to go, Bear? The Warriors healthy are better than Utah. Oh, absolutely. The Warriors healthy are better than Houston. I mean, we've already seen that that without we've already seen that with Houston against Houston last year in the playoffs is that 
We don't even Steph Curry can't hit doesn't have to hit a point in an entire half and we can still beat the Rockets. Yeah. So I so. think that that's um I think that's key. Yeah. All right. So that's going to end this first segment. Um, when we get back, we'll talk about the MLB. And we're back. We're going to be talking about the MLB. Um, we're going to be talking about the cheating scandal. And yeah, I mean, what what do you think? What what do you think the punishments? I mean, how so, do you think they handled it? My idea is, I don't know how you would do it, but I think the cheating scandal was awful. Okay, basically, obviously. You probably know, but if you don't know, basically what happened is the Astros banged on trash cans in other ways when they knew that, you know, an off-speed pitch was coming. Yeah. They did this. They set up a camera in center field. They zoomed it all the way into the catcher so they could see what pitch he was calling. They had a monitor in the dugout, and based on the information, they could basically tell the hitter what type of pitch was coming. Yeah. I think that that's terrible. That ruins all integrity of baseball. Absolutely. That basically just gets rid of it. I think that you can't have stuff like this. And, and what I, th- I think Cal Manfred, Robert Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, dealt with it is he, he just wanted to forget about it. He just wanted 20 years from now people just to forget about it. And it, r- rather than that, he's got, he's handled it absolutely horribly by going that path. About it. I mean, this is maybe... This is, this is the great second, second greatest. Probably very close to, you know, what happened in the steroids problem, right? Yeah. Um, it, you could argue that this is just about as equal to the 1919 Black Sox scandal as throwing it, because cheating in the way they did was essentially almost guaranteeing themselves a win. So what should we do? What should the MLB do to solve the problem? You know, I think, you know... They gave them... It's, it's, hard, for, it's hard to get a punishment for this. Yeah. Um, what, I should, what I think should happen... I think that they should either start the season with a certain amount of losses already on their record, or you give them a postseason ban for the next one or two years. What do you think? So I like that. I I, I definitely like that. However, I also do think that I think one thing that a major thing they did didn't do was they didn't take away that the title they have. There there should always be an asterisk right next to that 2017 title. Because they didn't deserve it. You you look at, uh, I'm going to go back to a basketball scan, uh, scandal back in the 90s, uh, Michigan, when a player was paid um, a little bit of money. Didn't really even affect the whole game. And yet, the Wolverines still had to take back their final four appearances. Yeah, it's, it's not good. Um, honestly, the problem here is that sort of, the MLB doesn't know what to do. No. They don't know they don't know how to solve this. Um, and the problem here is that, you know, the Astros, they're not, you know, they're not even that sorry for it. You look at what yeah. they said, they, they they just want to get rid of it. You know, their manager, their new manager, Dusty Baker, right, is trying to say, you know, please don't throw pitches at us, you know, please don't hurt us. I don't know how you can prevent that. No, I, no, you're not going to prevent I just, that. I don't know how you can. I don't know how you can just, you know, uh, as an away fan, look at an, look, go to a game, see the Astros playing, and not be. Nice. Honestly, I I really want to go to that first Astros in, game in Oakland because I just want to boo. I just want to boo the entire game because that's what you they know, deserve. The thing is, we're Giants fans, right? Yeah. So, 
We're very happy that they we're that they beat them. So that they beat the know, Dodgers. We're happy that they beat the Dodgers, but at this point, like, I think you gotta, you know, I don't think you can give it to the Dodgers. No, absolutely not. I don't think you can just give it to them, but I think that there should be no winner that season. I just think that. Yeah, I think. Uh, the yeah, they win, should. The Dodgers didn't win. They, 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 they should demand the rings they got, and hand them back. If you look at the A's, right? The A's, you know, when they play the Astros, okay, right at home, they're always able to keep it close. Sometimes they win, sometimes they lose, right? And you know, they either split the series, they win the series, or they lose it by one. Yeah. When they go to Houston. They, can't they lose every game by five to six runs. So I'd like to also bring this back to the uh, 2017 World Series. Those games were high scoring. Home run after home run. Now think of it if they hadn't been cheating. The Dodgers probably would have won it. Because, you know, who knows if they were cheating. We know they were cheating. But just think of how much that could have affected, you know, a home run or two. Yeah, and you've seen all these videos, right? Like... Altuve comes around, he hits the walk-off home run, and they're like, don't rip off my shirt. And he's like, don't rip off my yeah. shirt. Right? It's a custom for your shirt to be ripped off yeah. after you hit a walk-off home run. And obviously, something was wrong there. Yeah. Obviously, you can't prove that there was a buzzer there. You can't prove that something was helping him. But, you know. It's very hard. We know that something was something was problematic. Yeah. I uh, think that the MLB is just concerned. They don't know how to handle it. Yeah, and I, opposing I, teams are going to throw at them, and it's going to be violent. I I also think that they MLB is really trying to get new audiences, and this is just if they already if the, if the if their new audience if the younger ages weren't already into it, they are turned off at this point because losing the integrity of the game is huge. It's like it's bad. It's like it, yeah. Before you play the game. Yeah, and it, it's just unacceptable. And at a time when the MLB is just so struggling, this couldn't come at a worse time for them, and they're struggling it tremendously. They're not, they're not setting a good press precedent for uh, for what they could do in future, or for what other people or what kids will think they'll do in the future. Yeah. Like it's What's not. I think they take away the World Series. I think they 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 make the players hand their rings back. They put an asterisk, asterisk, asterisk in the history books, um, and I think, I, I, I think they should have a playoff ban for uh, I think them. That a playoff ban is a good idea because um, they, 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 they granted the players immunity, so you can't ban any of those players. So I think that would be the next, you know. Yeah, I just think that the problem is, you know. A lot of these, a lot of these players, you know, their contracts are up. Yeah. And if there's a two-year playoff man, they're all going to leave next year. Yeah, absolutely. And but then again, who do 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 you think anybody would well, want? The problem is, no one would care. Everyone yeah. Would just everyone would love to see the Astros suffer. Oh, absolutely. And that's you know, you know, I I personally don't really feel bad for them. They no. They knowingly see it's different when you don't knowingly do it. No, so like I feel they bad for the. They knowingly decided. To I feel bad for, you know, the pitchers, Justin Verlander, all those guys that may not, might, have that, absolutely no yeah, have no control over it, and yet their careers are always going to be linked to this cheating scandal. So. I mean, yeah. 
you could see Garrett Cole when they lost to the Nationals. I mean, the way he walked off the field, you know, you knew he was leaving. Yeah. I mean, so the interesting thing about it, um, I just want to bring up this point, uh, and then we'll move on, is that the Astros, um, they didn't win a game at home this postseason. Yeah. I mean, not this postseason, in the World Series. Yeah. They lost all four of them. Um, and it's just interesting that with the cheating scandal and with them losing all four home games, um, it's interesting that they couldn't win a home game. Yeah, it's... That's a good point. I just find, I just find it a little, little, it's a little bit funny. Um, maybe they didn't cheat. Maybe they maybe they didn't cheat last season. You know? know, I just think that it's it's bad for them. Yeah. So we talked a lot about about we talked a lot about getting fans into the stadium for MLB. How should we attract new fans to the MLB? One of the ideas was to put mics on the players. What do you think about that? So they've been doing that in spring training, and I have listened to some uh, Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo both Cubs. They're absolutely hilarious. It's it's an absolute joy to watch. I mean, Anthony Rizzo was doing play-by-play as he was at the plate and hitting a ball. Like, it, it's great because it's just, it makes you feel almost a part of the game, which it, and it makes the game much more fun to watch because baseball's a very slow game. Like, and, and that's been a huge issue. Most of the fans that currently watch MLB games are old, right? Older people. Yeah. And the MLB is losing their young fans. I I'll be honest. I I used to love baseball. Uh, back back when the Giants were absolutely fantastic. Um, I I just fell in love. I, I I was around the game for such a long time. And as I've gotten older, especially as I've started watching foot games like football and basketball, I've just started losing interest because it's just that much more hard to follow in terms of you know the game. Football and basketball, it's constant action. Baseball, it's so slow. It's a game where if you have the time to invest in it, it's cool. Yeah. But if you're the average person and you cannot sit sit down for three and a half hours and watch a, a day game, for 160-something days, then it's tough, right? Yeah. Whereas the NBA, you can come home, you can turn it off for 30 minutes and watch a good second quarter and then go up and finish whatever you have to do. Yeah. It's 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 just it's different, right? And, yeah, and so that yeah, so I th- I I feel like these mics. I would watch a game if I were hearing guys like Christian Yelich, Mookie Betts, talk the entire game. Yeah. Even managers, like if you got to, I was watching um a clip of, I forget back, I forget when it was, but it was a clip of uh, an old manager and he was talking to the to the umpire and he had one of those things on. And you got to you got to hear what he was saying, and it was very entertaining TV. It was very fun to watch. Yeah, I think that you know, MLB games currently are empty. Yeah, except in the big markets. So New York, the Boston, the Giants always have a good fan yeah. base, and you know whatever. Uh, Houston always has a good fan. LA, base. the Dodgers always have a lot of fans. Teams like. You know, teams in smaller markets. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, Oakland. Even Milwaukee when they're not very good. Um, what's another small market? Minnesota. Minnesota. They just, they don't, people can't, right? They don't show up. Yeah. Because you don't have three and a half hours to sit there, especially on a weekday. Yeah, and I think baseball games are, the, are, are some of the most fun. 
And but I I do think it's one of those things where you have to be baseball games are fun to go with somebody with. Well, the one thing I have, the one problem I have with putting mics on the players is that the game becomes a little less serious. Yeah, like I agree. Little, um it just it feels like the game just becomes a little less serious. Because right, instead of focusing on what the players actually do and what the players need to do, they're talking into the mic. Yeah. Right? Um I'm sure that for most fans, it would probably, um, it probably wouldn't matter. Especially, but I think I think it would hurt really. I think the MLB is afraid of losing their their fan base, the old fans, you know, the, the, those have, those that have been around, you know, watching baseball since the seventies, and they're afraid they're going to lose them. But those those people are very old now, and you've got to start thinking about you know what people want. The new generation, yeah, these other fan bases, you know, the NFL. NBA, NBA even, even the yeah, to some degree, right? It's a fast-paced game. Yeah, you can get in, and you can. There's always constant, and, and they you don't want to leave your seat during the game. And they attract very well for younger kids. You you see you you in the NBA you you can see how they're clearly trying to attract younger I mean, like, audiences. Duel used to be the thing. Yeah, but now it's just it's so boring for most of the average yeah. Fans. Because the average fans want to see home runs, doubles, triples, base you know, stealing. Base stealing. They want to see, you know, a throw out at the plate in yeah. the field. They want to see these cool things happen. They don't want to just see you strike out. Every they don't want to see one or two cool plays happen in an entire game. In the NBA, NFL, you'll see handfuls of them happening in a quarter. You know, the, 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 the games that are like 15 13, yeah. very hard to come by, right? But those are the games that bring in the most fans. Yeah. Versus your no hitters because oh, the no hitters yeah. are just not interesting. I, I I remember trying to watch uh, Max Scherzer, who at the time was in the middle of a no hitter, eventually became or no a perfect game, and I remember just sitting through it. And the only reason I I I didn't move away, and I think I eventually did move away, but at the time it was just because I, I stayed there because I was like because at this time I was still really into baseball and i was like oh it'd be so cool to see this but eventually just gets so like one strike one strike two fly ball to center field caught very repetitive in it yeah it's it's a lot like you know turn on the tv you watch an inning nothing happens yeah do something else five runs have been scored right and you can never be there when things actually happen yeah exactly it's very frustrating for fans um, to have to deal with that. So I think that attracting new fans to the MLB is a really good thing. The MLB is just uh, – their, their fan base is absolutely declining. Yeah. Their ratings are declining. The World Series ratings are declining. Playoff ratings are declining. Yeah. Right? you got to keep the game interesting. And I think putting mics on fans – or not on fans, on players. And coaches. And coaches is a good way to have that happen, right? Because, yeah. Right? The, the fans are not able to see the behind the scenes, right? They're not able to see – they're not able to see what actually happens, right? They have to constantly, they have to constantly just kind of sit there and see the action. They don't know what's happening behind the scenes. Yeah. So if they're able to get insight, I think that that's you know really valuable. When fans go into locker rooms and check out what actually happens, yeah, it's very impacting. And and you even like uh, you know football, you get that sideline report at the end of each half. Like even if they just like after each inning, they'd go and interview a coach. It could be as simple as that, and they the the rate. I think I feel like the views would start going up. Yeah, they need a way to sort of bring in fans, 
And, you know, a lot of it is the time. You know, they've tried the pitch clock. They've tried all yeah. this stuff. In my opinion, that's not the real thing that's going to help people out. The real thing is by bringing something new, bringing something more interesting. Yeah. Um, and just and telling telling your older fans that, you know what, we, 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 we love the game just as much as you, and but we've got us we're a business at the end of the day we're a business and we have to start attracting to younger audiences and if that means changing i mean you guys are in your 70s these kids have got a whole life ahead of them to watch baseball and if we can't attract them now who's to say we're who's to say we're you know it's not the heyday to say the least for baseball i agree so i think putting mics on fans or not (laughs) on players is a good idea yeah um is that it yeah, I mean, I think we've had very good time. Right, um, so this was the second segment of a two-part, like, first episode. Go watch the first episode or go watch the first segment. Then come here. That's the entire episode. Thank you. Thank you.